Welcome back to The Shed, everybody. We've survived yet another little period of time waiting for you to come back and listen to more of our indistinct ramblings. We've got a bunch of stuff to cover. It's still a sunny day, so we're feeling pretty good about everything. We've all had our initial vaccination. Feeling good about that. So we're going to have a few laughs in here, do some listener mail. Heaven only knows what else is on our mind. But whatever it is, we better find out soon, and you can find out right along with us. So here we go. And I was hoping, RJ, that we would immediately start with listener mail, because we've had some really good listener mail lately. Let's do that. And uh, I think he did such a great job of reading a couple pieces last week. Maybe you could just carry right on with these ones, because I don't have them up in front of me. Oh, okay. Well, I have one here from Candace. Candace of, I believe, Vernon at this point. Just kind of fun. And it says, good morning, Shed Dogs. Enjoy your podcast very much. Most of my comments are heard only by the walls of this house. Your topics often open up reflection of experiences that relate to these discussions. The mercury thermometers, for one. I have two that Doug's mom had. I'm sure they're from the 50s. Then there was the juggling discussion, which brought back memories. Memories. Truly enjoying your podcast. Jesse, and that's Jesse of Montreal, was very entertaining. I'm going to try some of those hot dog toppings. Yesterday, my son Taylor was introducing me to NFTs. What a concept. Uh, and listeners, if you haven't heard it, we took a stab at trying to understand NFTs in the last episode. I cannot say we were terribly successful, but here's Candace partly explaining how it came to us as a, as a thing for us to talk about. She says, yesterday, my son Taylor was introducing me to NFTs. What a concept. This morning, there was an article about NFTs in the Globe and Mail. Perhaps you could venture into this concept, people buying a moment in time from your podcasts. Just a thought. Now, there's a, we could make a non-fungible token out of 10 minutes of us just gabbling away. That's a fun idea. Just a thought, or maybe an episode on NFTs. Keep up the great work. Thank you for brightening my day. And thank you, uh, Candace. That's a lovely. That note. is really nice, Candace. And one thing you could do for us beyond that note, which was already enough, but if you can, if you can get in touch with Christie's for us to see if we can auction <laughs> off an episode well, so a person could own a whole episode and we have 114 or so to choose from, but each one's unique and you would be the sole owner of that episode. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Maybe Beeple wants to buy those office because Beeple made a ton of money selling NFTs. Oh, of, yeah. He might buy from us and resell. So he knows, that would be painful. He knows his way if around. He turned it over. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he could do a shed dog's collage. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> An audio. Make us say all kinds of crazy stuff by carefully editing single words out. Yeah. He could take together. the album art, the uh, podcast art which, you know, is of questionable uh, ownership in terms of copyright and put that all together. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Nice one. Okay. And I don't ever get to say this, but guys, you got to do a great job on all that art and, and, the, and the blurbs and shit. And I just want to congratulate you on that. And thank you for doing all that hard work. <laughs> You're very welcome for my part, RJ. Right back at RJ. I really love the stuff. And again, I've done this a bunch of times. I'll do it again. I really do encourage listeners to go to our website and look at the stuff that's in the website that is put there in support of each of these episodes because there's all kinds of stuff that we never sort of directly talk about 
in the show that or that we refer to it once and then there's this big mine of stuff in there it's it's really worth well, that for the artwork i'm basically an idiot savant you know with i use i use pixelmator but it might as well be photoshop and uh and I know how to mask things and put the dogs in various places in the photos. That's one of like thousands of things to learn in Photoshop. That's the one I know. We got another fun email here. In episode 114, we had Lee of Courtney in as a guest. And there's going to be a little temporal flexing needed here from listeners because this email that I'm about to read is in reference to episode 111, Ouija Dogs. And she says, hi, dogs. Another most interesting episode. And Kel, surprise, I have a couple of comments. The discussion of Ouija boards and other psychic phenomena sparked a lot of thought. Like PJ, I am a skeptic, but find it fascinating at the same time. Eons ago, in the late 1970s, I filled in as a host on a call-in radio program out of Langley, BC. The guest was a psychic, a matronly woman from England, and callers could phone in and she'd do a, quote, reading, unquote. I was very skeptical of it, but it was a great draw. So what the heck? Anyway, she amazed all kinds of people who called and I was kind of thinking, yeah, yeah, lucky guess, etc. And then one woman called and said her father had died. She missed him. And could the psychic tell her if he was out of pain and happy? The psychic said she saw a smiling face, pretty standard stuff, and then suddenly stopped and said, but I'm seeing shoes. Why would I be seeing a lot of shoes? And the woman caller gasped and said, my father was a shoemaker. Yep, my skeptometer went back a few notches right then. And I know you'll get ideas for names of various BLA stressors when watching hockey. Blue line anxiety. I don't have a suggestion for that, but I do, however, have a name for when NHL games are still being played on TV in the freaking summer. I have a name for it, but I can't say it on air. (laughs) With a couple of... uh, Little winky emoticons there. So that's fun. Thanks for that, Lee. That's very good. Very good. Yeah, that whole business of all of that. When I was driving the shuttle back in the fond old days before COVID, BC, I did have a couple of people in the car. One certainly who related a whole giant paranormal experience involving her dead mother and a whole bunch of stuff. And I, I mean, you know, first of all, when you're a courtesy driver, you don't want to come into conflict with your customers over things they believe and hold dear. And secondly, I mean, why would I? She clearly believed it. And that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter if I do. It's just so classic. You arrange for someone to call in, you know them in advance, and you go, I'm seeing shoes for some reason. Mm. It's so simple. Well, again, I'm refreshed to not be the most cynical guy in the room. It's, I'm happy about all of this. Sorry, Rich, why was that so simple? Oh, well, the way it, uh, a lot of these work like that, you know, you have a big audience full of people and there's basically planted people. And so in a call-in show, you can arrange to have 10 of your compatriots call in and and expect that one or two of them are going to get through uh, to the call-in show. And then, uh, and then basically the person calling in says, I want to hear from my uncle or grandfather or father Basically, the two know each other. It's a plant. The person doing the reading starts saying some amazing things to us as listeners, like saying, I'm seeing some shoes. And they go, oh, my grandfather was a cobbler. 
This is amazing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That, that's what you think automatically, or do oh. you know that? No. I, well, I know I know it for a fact that it happens because of people who have done investigations, but I don't yeah. know that any one example is that. So I wouldn't be able to say that this show that that actually happened, but I would highly suspect it. Anyway, that's interesting. That's. I think you're. I I just can't believe you even said any of that. But you kind of knew that I was thinking it, right? No, <laughs> actually, truthfully, I didn't think of it myself. But you're quite right. That is a really super uh, typical ploy. I'm very sure. Same as an alive audience situation. There's plants in the audience. You know. Yeah, uh, if you're about, if, listeners, if you're interested there? in this stuff, go listen or watch. Look for videos by the amazing Randy James Randy. And so he is, uh, he's a stage magician and a scientific skeptic. And he basically goes at a lot of these people. Like who was the guy in the seventies that used to bend? Ravine. Yeah. Ravine. I saw Ravine. Ravine, I think. Did he claim that he was really paranormal? He was a hypnotist. So it wasn't paranormal. No, you're quite right. Okay. But it was the same sort of thing. Are people really hypnotized or are they just getting 20 bucks to jump around thinking they're a chicken? Maybe, maybe. I think there's a lot of evidence that hypnotism actually works. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, if you're looking at this paranormal stuff, like challenging paranormal normal stuff, James Randi is, is great to watch. There's another one here from Nancy of New Westminster about the Ouija Dogs episode 111. And Nancy says, the occult. Man, do I have some stories about ghosts and other experiences I have had. When I was young, I had a weird and terrible experience with a Ouija board, which resulted in me throwing the thing away. Years later, when I was going through my grandmother's trunk after she passed, that damn Ouija board was sitting at the bottom of the trunk. How the hell it got there, I don't know. It freaked me out, and I had a neighbor friend come and get it and destroy it. Both my sister and I have experienced visions of things that came true, and I have seen ghosts. This stuff totally fascinates me and it isn't something I mess around with because we just don't know. I don't talk about my experiences too much either as lots of people think it's all bula bula. <laughs> that made me laugh. It's all bula bula. I had a Zoom meeting with a medium a couple of weeks ago just because and she gave me messages from my grandmother. Now most of it was pretty generic until she told me that my grandmother loved hats, especially pillbox hatch, hats, which we would both wear. And that she would dress me up and take me out for lunch wearing a hat and gloves. That was just too specific to be fake. And that's the end of the note. But yeah. And Nancy's uh, sent in letters before when we did, we made remarks about Riverview and Mm -hmm. going around in there and how weird it was that people were going to be building condos in there. She had remarked on living basically on the grounds of the old prison, I believe, in New West and how that... Lots of funny noises and stuff, I think I remember her mentioning. Oh, right, right. Remember that? Yeah, that's that's the, the one of the things that I, is the whole, because I believe in a whole ton of that stuff, except for ghosts. I, I haven't had any, any experience with a ghost, yeah. and I kind of wish that I did. Oof, I'm, I'm all good with not. That's one of the reasons I stay away <laughs> from things like Ouija boards, is I don't want to have that experience. Uh, we have another letter here that is... Ogre of Nelson's response to just an offhand remark about how among investment choices, banks kind of thing I go for, I refer to them as boring because they are sort of safe. They're not volatile. They don't pay a huge amount, but you never go broke, that kind of thing. 
So we had a response from Ogre and it says, Skin, you mentioned bank stocks are boring. Not so. CIBC one year up 61% plus 4.7% dividend, 65.7% total return and safe. Buy low, sell high, more stock tips available. Just ask. <laughs> and that's, that's the whole letter. He, he uh, also included a graph. I loved that letter. I really liked his tips. Like the buy low, sell high. That's awesome. Like that's in, yeah, insightful. Nobody's ever thought of that before. <laughs> but so what happens, I actually have CIBC stock and I have not experienced a 65.7 or 61% uh, increase in my the value of my oh, stock. Oh, but you have. There is a. You have over the time period he gave. It was, I don't know if Ogre from oh, Nelson yeah. knew that he was doing this. He probably did. He's probably just having fun with it. He chose the beginning of a one year period. You know where that beginning was? Yes, March of uh, 2020. You know what happened in March of 2020? Yeah. A huge drop in the entire stock market across the right, board. Right, like a right, big right. drop, like 30%. And, and banks went down a lot, right? Because, oh, there's going to be... Right. And anyway, so at the end of that drop, then the rapid climb started. And that rapid climb took about a year. So if you look at the U.S. stock yeah. market, it was up like 69%. <laughs> Over that year, you yeah. go, wow, that's amazing. And well, no, because it dropped so much before. Yeah. And, no, thank you, uh, RJ. That's 100% correct. That's a and good insight. It, it's true about the dividend. You do experience a dividend. It did take about a year for that stock to recover because I've held it for more than a year. And it is now back up to pretty close to where I bought it, if not slightly above. Yeah, and I, and I did know someone uh, back in the 2000s who was saying the same thing about how banks are super safe and he lost a whole ton of money on the banks. And we, we, we forget about there's certain time periods where the bank stocks yeah. just plummet. And as long as you're buy and hold, you're going to be good. The banks in the long exactly. run, the government will bail them out before they actually go under. So you're, it's, it's a good investment. But if you're the kind of person that goes, holy smokes, I've lost a whole ton. Um, it's time for me to get out of this whole market thing sucks. Well, you're going to be the buy high, sell low person. Yeah, you got to focus on the dividend, which is pretty good. Like 4.7% dividend is a lot more than you're going to make in a checking account. And it's, it is really steady. And you're absolutely right about it's a buy and hold thing. It's just like real estate, right? You can get killed on real estate. But if you buy real estate with the intent of holding it for 25 years, you are almost certainly going to make a bunch of money on yeah. it. Yeah. Assuming you can afford to hold it. And dividends are taxed really, really nicely too. Very, yeah. very low tax rates. I guess that's it for listener mail for right now. Thanks for all that. We really do appreciate listener mail. It's a lot of fun to hear what people think. And not only that, what they think we're actually talking about, because sometimes those are different things. So keep those coming. Always open to suggestions. And Candace, thanks for that. Uh, the NFT one, we took a stab at it, but we might have to take another at some point in the future after we've taken a few uh, you know, graduate level economics courses. <laughs> no, that's it. What else have we got? I know I know Moby's got a great one. Yeah, let's do it. KJ, your greatest idea ever. You liked it, did you? Oh, I really liked it. Yes, I'm quite serious too. I really liked it. And I want our listeners to pay attention to this uh, because I think this is a great idea. Okay, shall I read it then? Yeah, 100. Perhaps my greatest invention is what it's called. Skin Dog. We take our 10%. Offer the services of a podcast 
to get your elders to tell stories. Like, tell the elders they're going to be on a podcast. We can invite them to the shed or go to them at their home in person. I can move four mics, the mixer, my laptop, like that. Gents, seriously, Alzheimer's, dementia families would pay for this shit. Great service to history and future generations. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's an awesome yep. idea because, I mean, I, I interviewed my dad, uh, f- by, I guess, about a year before he died. And it was just fantastic. Like, he really wanted to talk. So um, there are all kinds of things that I never had any idea about and uh, learned greatly from it. I think people in those circumstances really appreciate that people are genuinely interested in what they have to say. Yeah. I really like that idea. I just think, I bet you we got listeners who would really like to do that, would really, I mean... The whole business of whether we're going to make money on it or not, uh, I, I don't even know. I, uh, things like, oh, what, would we edit that into something that sounds all nice and packaged? Or would we just say, okay, here is the record of all the stuff we talked about and just have that? I, I don't know, but I think it is a really good idea. And I would encourage listeners who have interest in that to let us know and we'll see what we can work out. Because I just think, what a fabulous idea. But by the same token, could you not uh, host a, a Zoom meeting and record it and, and kind of do the same thing if you, if you had somebody with uh, an elder just yeah. to guide them through and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. You could do it by Zoom. And I, I, I wouldn't suggest like, well, oh, we're the really super pro interviewers or anything like that. The whole thing that appealed to me here is that uh, a person who's being interviewed by some guys who have a podcast it's different than if your kid just asks you a bunch of questions. You might feel your kids just prying into a bunch of stuff that you don't really want to talk about. But if, if somebody who has a podcast is asking you questions and it's going to go out to the world, you're probably going to be more engaged in thinking about, I, I don't know. It's just what maybe I'm romanticizing or something, but I, I really like the idea and I think it would be a great thing. I don't know how you um, carry that out, but... Well, I think the first thing is to just say to our listeners, any interest, and then we can talk after that. Yeah, I think this is a great idea. I was really excited when I first read the thing. I I just think this would be a great thing to do. You referred to the 10%. Listeners, that's a bit of an inside joke for us. Every brilliant money-making idea that we talk about on here, and they're usually really specious, foolish ideas that are never really going to make any money. But we always talk about what would be our take for it? But this is a serious idea. Like this is a thing we really could and would do because it, it's just great. Like when you talk to your own parents, they respond to you differently than if they're talking to three strangers who have a podcast, you know, we could do it. We could actually see people in person. We could do it all by Zoom. I just think this would be a fabulous thing to do. And your your parent or your loved one is probably going to respond to us differently hopefully, you know, more openly. If you've got somebody you would like to try this on with, let us know and we'll figure out how we would do it because I think this would be a really good thing. Anybody? Right on. I agree. I do think it's a great idea though. I don't know where you came up with that, but that's that's one of the best things we've talked about, really. (laughs) Well, don't you think? It is. I do. Yeah, see, I'm I'm brilliant in my happy place sometimes. I just want you guys to know. You get a lot of the detritus, but some every once in a while. 
There's a little oh, nugget out there. Well, it's, oh, it's such <laughs> a nice thing. My whole specialty is ridiculousness. Like, that's the whole thing is I'm only looking for idiotic ideas that are funny. <laughs> that worked out well. I, I mean, I, I took my dad's uh, interview. And, oh, by the way, I didn't tell him he was being interviewed, which is probably kind of not, not the greatest. It's ethically wrong. Yeah, it's ethically wrong. And I just got the greatest results. Um, so, and then I made that into a series of MP3s with, uh, track names. So I have it on my iTunes and it's just a nice kind of little archive. And, and, you know, when I re-listened to it a month or two back, about three months ago, I go, Oh darn, I wish I'd asked about this or that. You know, there's so many things mm-hmm. I was so disinterested, you know, dad would talk about uncle Paul and I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I like, and I, to, to this day, if someone tells me about their friend and they're talking about him in great detail, I get, I kind of, whatever. If I don't like, I don't know. I'm laughing here because I'm having such a hard time not playing that up and trying to make, taking your genuine guilt and, and sticking it to you a little well, bit. Well, it's part funny. of youth though. I mean, some people, some, oh, some yeah. young people are actually quite interested just naturally or. One in a hundred, I would say. Because yeah. I was, I was, and I remain largely the same. Croner knew. I, same exact, I regret it. Yeah, know? dad would talk about my uncle Cy. Well, Croner knew my uncle Cy and he had a reputation in Balfour. He was the guy that uh, would drive around in a speedboat with his dog up on the front of the speedboat. Oh, and Croner yeah. said, oh yeah, I see that guy all the time. <laughs> well, well, and I, yeah. on, the, on the subject of recording, I, I often, when I'm talking to somebody on the phone or actually in person here and enjoying myself, I say, oh God, I wish I would have recorded this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and then, but it's, it's like... Um, what is the what is the reference in quantum physics where the observer affects mm. the outcome of so if you yeah. know you're being recorded all of a sudden what you're the especially my the people around me because most of them are actors to start with they they everything gets heightened a little bit or weirded out but uh, everybody who I've suggested that to says oh don't don't worry about telling me just do just it. record just record yeah yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing that. Yeah, it's the Heisenberg principle. Heisenberg, thank you. Yeah. The other thing is uh, if, you, if you've if you got the recording going for long enough, it drifts away. And people forget. Yeah, yeah. It's like us when we're talking on this thing too, right? Like yeah. once you get into it, you suddenly forgot that you're even in a yeah. podcast. So, so I think it works. I think that works in volume as well. Like you set up the mics and spend an afternoon with somebody. It'd be interesting to see if we get any uptake on that. I'll be, I'll be interested to hear. Hey, you guys want to do uh, unseen classics? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Are yes, we, are we let's. all set? Let's do it. Are we, we all are set all set. This? I regret not oh, doing this absolutely. with uh, Leah of Courtney because I suspect she either has seen the film or. I'm sure she has. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean. So the one I've chosen is uh, a little movie called nine to five. You guys seen it? I have not. I don't think I have. And I have not. So for this one, all three of us oh, have excellent. not seen. But you know what? I know that it has Dolly Parton in it and it has been getting attention. I don't know why. I think it's because Dolly Parton is approaching, uh, you know. She is. She's super popular right now. 
And yeah. so maybe she has some new activity or new thing that she's in. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, nine to five. This is uh, as we as we do. This is the Wikipedia, uh, a little bit of a summary at the front, and then we get right into the plot. So, uh, <laughs> listeners, hold on to your hats. Nine to five is a 1980 American comedy film directed by Colin Higgins, who wrote the screenplay with Patricia Resnick. Right there, we got to stop for a moment. Patricia Resnick wrote the original story. Then Colin Higgins took that story. Oh, based on a concept from Jane Fonda, because Jane Fonda was involved with a union, a women's clerical union, or a clerical union back then, it was almost all women, uh, called Nine to Five. And uh, that organization did some great stuff for the rights of those kind of workers, administrative workers. Anyway, that was the concept. Jane Fonda brought the concept. Patricia Resnick wrote it. Colin Higgins rewrote it, directed it. And in all the, when it was a big success, all his interviews never mentioned Patricia Resnick once. Did she write a screenplay or did she write a story? She wrote the story and the first screenplay. So she wrote the story, wrote the first screenplay, and then he rewrote it. So, and, and you know how it is in the industry, these rewrites, I think they're fairly common, are they not? I would think so, yeah. 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 But we haven't really gotten into what the plot of the show is, but I think almost all our listeners are aware that this is about kind of how women are treated in the workplace by men. And uh, it's, it's the movie itself has an example of that, where the, the male director doesn't manage to mention where this story came from. Good one. There you go. Nice. Uh, it stars Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton as three working women who live out their fantasies of getting even with and overthrowing the company's autocratic, sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical, bigot boss, played by Dabney Coleman. <laughs> so we're, we're supposed to not like him. Then, right? Yeah, so he's a nuanced character, is what that says. And... <laughs> And I think we, you know, we'll see in the plot, there's a few more adjectives to add on there. I think narcissistic <laughs> is one. The film grossed over $104 million and is the 20th highest grossing comedy film. Probably. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As a star vehicle for Parton, who was already established as a successful singer, musician, and songwriter. So this was her first real acting role. And it turned out she was good at it. It launched her permanently into mainstream popular culture television series of the same name based on the film ran for five seasons. Wow. It was good. I remember there was a series. I never saw an episode of it, but wow, yeah, five I years. think maybe I'll edit yeah. that Wikipedia article because it was really three seasons and then they reran. They had a couple runs of oh. reruns. But uh, yeah, and I know that the first couple seasons Jane Fonda was involved with. And then as is usual, the suits go come in and go, you know what? This is uh, This is great and all. Um, how about we make it just more like it's about an office and let's, let's stop uh, hammering so much on the sexism angle. How's that? How would that be? So, so Jane Fonda quits and leaves and her co-producer leaves and, uh, they hire a hot young, uh, secretary to be a new character and, and, uh, the ratings plummeted and that yeah, was the end. I think that was the end of that yeah. when the suits got involved. Uh, there was a musical version as well. It was quite uh, successful and a big West End version of it that got hit by the uh, COVID thing. They were doing quite well there. So anyway, 
9 to 5 is number 74 on the American Film Institute's 100 Funniest Movies. Has an 80, 83% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, blah, blah, blah. It's very loved film. So, you know, we'll have to all see it. Here comes the plot. I'm ready. Reserved, prudish housewife, Judy Burnley, played by Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda's quite a varied actor, isn't it? Because she's been in a lot of roles that are the opposite of prudish. Wow. But no judge. Barbarella is an awful, awesome movie. <laughs> Immediately goes yeah. there. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> she is forced to find work after her husband, Dick, played by Lawrence Pressman. <laughs> okay. Of course. Did I emphasize that a bit? Yeah. You, I think we got the point there. Yeah. <laughs> he leaves her for his secretary. She is hired as a secretary, and I love this company name. She's hired as a secretary at Consolidated Companies. <laughs> you know, when Sue and I started our consulting business, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> Could just be called Consolidated Companies. That's fantastic. Under the eye of sharp-tongued senior office supervisor, Violet Newstead, played by Lily Tomlin. Their narcissistic boss, Franklin Hart Jr., Dabney Coleman, exploits and mistreats his female employees with unfair sexist remarks and sexually harasses his personal assistant, Dorley Rhodes, played by Dolly Parton, spreading rumors about an affair that never happened. Oh my God. Which causes the other women at the company to dis dislike and exclude her. Apparently oh. based on a real life incident from the original writer, one afternoon, after Hart infuriates all three women for different reasons, they take the afternoon off and end up in the same local bar. They get drunk and they go to Doralee's house, Dolly Parton, where they smoke marijuana and bond over fantasies of getting revenge on their boss. In 1980? Holy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Violet wishes she could poison his coffee. Judy wishes she could hunt him down and shoot him. And Doralee wishes she could tie him up with a lasso like an old Western movie. Now, they don't say this, but I assume that we get to see all those fantasy sequences. Or maybe they really do stuff to him. I don't know. No, these are what they wish. And I, th I think... But, uh, but is the whole movie a fantasy? No, but I think during this drunken scene, we get to see what their, their, their oh, visions oh. are. I see. Yeah. The following day, Hart falls out of his desk chair and hits his head knocking him unconscious. Violet, who had accidentally put rat poison in his morning coffee, and they're not, they're, this is a summary, folks. I think there would have been an explanation why. I mean, she was probably told that she needs to kill, there's probably a rat problem in the office, and then she's emptying it into, she's diluting it to apply to the rats. I'm, somehow she accidentally puts poison in his coffee. She mistakenly believes she has poisoned him. And rushes to the hospital with Judy and Dora Lee. So wait, wait, wait. He hadn't actually drunk the poisoned coffee. He bonked his head and she comes rushing in having realized she's poisoned, poisoned his coffee accidentally. Yeah. Sees him unconscious on the floor. Thinks she's Yeah, okay, that's it. Good, good clarification. Sorry. They mistake a dead police witness for Hart and steal the body. So <laughs> now they think they have Hart's body, the boss's body, because they don't want an autopsy to take place because she thinks she's poisoned him. <laughs> this is a fun movie yeah they steal the body and then they smuggle it back into the hospital after they discover they've stolen the wrong corpse Hart turns up at work the next morning much to the shock of the three of them 
They discuss the previous night's antics in the ladies' restroom, and their conversation is overheard by Hart's executive assistant, Roz. Yeah, played by Elizabeth Wilson, uh, who at the time was 59. So she's going to be the old school. She's going to be a traitor to her gender. She tells him right away. What happens, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Hart demands that Doralee spend the night at his house. Like right away, Hart just goes straight to, (laughs) well, now I've got you under a barrel. Come over and sleep with me. He threatens to have all three of them prosecuted for attempted murder if she does not oblige. They kidnap him. Judy shoots at him, (laughs) but misses. And then Doralee then ties him up. And upon taking him back to his home, discover he has been involved in an embezzlement scheme. What? There's a lot going on in this story. Is there ever? The women keep Hart tied up at home while they collect evidence in order to blackmail him into silence. They also use Hart's absence to affect numerous changes around the office in his name, including flexible work hours, equal pay for male and female employees, and an on-site daycare center for employees with children. Hart is so disliked around the office that the only person to question his absence is Roz, whom Violet eventually sends away to Paris for a language training seminar. So basically, they transform the way the office works while the evil boss is, is not at hand. One night while Judy is staying at Hart's, Dick turns up. Remember Dick? Mm-hmm. Ran off with his secretary. Mm-hmm. Asks her to take him back. Don't doesn't this always happen? He re- yeah. yeah. He realizes. However, he later discovers Hart tied up and jumps to the wrong conclusion about Judy, leading her to shed her meek ways and throw him out. A few days later, Hart manages to secretly break free and undo the embezzlement, eliminating the leverage that the three women had over him and giving him the upper hand to prosecute them. So topsy turvy. Wow. Wow. Twists and turns. Back at the office, although Hart is appalled by the changes that have been made in his absence, an unexpected visit from the company chairman, Russell Tinsworthy, played by Sterling Hayden, (laughs) reveals... That must be just about the last thing Sterling Hayden ever did. Wow. Reveals that the changes have led to substantial increases in productivity. Tinsworthy is so impressed that he recruits Hart to work at Consolidated's Brazilian operation for the next few years. <laughs> and then finally... So an act of God removes him from the Yeah, office. and then I think we got the 9 to 5, the song playing at this point, because it's the final credits, and they have that thing where they tell you what happened to everybody. And yeah. Uh, yeah. a graphic reveals... Oh, right, right. A right. graphic reveals that Violet is later promoted to Hart's job... Judy falls in love with and marries a Xerox representative. Nice. Dora Lee quits Consolidated to become a country and Western singer. Oh, isn't that a clever <laughs> twist? Isn't that clever? And Hart is abducted by a tribe of women in the Brazilian jungle and is never heard from again. Nice. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, well, I might, I might have to watch that. I wonder how well that baby's aged. Well, there, they seem to be, I mean, I think this I might this might be sexist in saying it, but they seem to be way ahead of their time with those the issues in the office. It, it still hasn't really caught up today, but in 1980, it has already been around for a century or more. That's right. That's right. I think some progress was made after the movie, and then a phenomenon happened, I think. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan and 
all of a sudden the the number of unions dropped precipitously. And so a lot of the rights and protections that were kind of hard won are, have pretty well gone by the wayside. Well, that's good. That was good. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. It's, uh, it's the first of the three unseen classics that it's not exactly a movie to poke fun of, I'd say. That's my opinion. I think you probably want to not throw around that word classic too often because <laughs> I think we've had enough steam from that. Yeah, well, it's, I'm sorry, really? but it's the name of the segment. It's Unseen Classics. <laughs> and uh, that's what you get. That's right. So now we're just going to have to live with it. Yeah. That's fun. Good job there, RJ. I enjoyed that. And I am actually sort of interested in seeing the movie just to see how implausibility That's is. right. And I want to, hear the, uh, want to hear the feedback from our listeners who have seen it. Okay, uh, just a quick real-time follow-up. Uh, you guys probably have seen this. I think Sue sent me the link to this. It's Dolly Parton singing to the tune of Jolene, singing mm-hmm. a song called Vaccine. Uh, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. I think I've seen that. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's easy to imagine. And it came out in conjunction with her taking her vaccine. And as KJ was saying, last April as the pandemic was taking shape, Dolly Parton and Radiolab co-host Jada Abumrad had a conversation about, basically Dolly Parton announced a $1 million donation to Vanderbilt to help fund three pandemic-related research projects, including the one related to the Moderna vaccine. So Dolly Parton was a part of that. Fun fact, Jada Boomerad's dad is a doctor who administered Dolly's vaccine. There you go. Oh, that man. was the tie-in. Wow. I didn't know there was any anything. I, I knew who Jad is, and I knew Dolly was, and I thought, oh, isn't that fun? I didn't know that they had a million-dollar connection. Yeah, it's cool. Did you, did you guys get the Moderna? AstraZeneca, baby. Well, see, me and Dolly. So you yeah, you well, got Moderna, Moby? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, I guess. I don't know. Well, I think the idea is get whatever you can get because <laughs> yeah. it just reduces your risk so much. And, uh, and I've never had a more painless needle ever. I did not either, feel it. Did not feel it whatsoever. Me too. Same. I think that's technology moving along. Like those needles, they get thinner and thinner. Yeah. And I think they concentrate it more and more so that the volume going into your arms fairly low. Uh, it's just amazing. And also, I'm used to getting a needle into a vein as, into pull, oh, as yeah. opposed to a muscle mass, yeah, yeah. right? So they can just they can just go in quick and it's like a kni- dirty. Yeah. Like a knife through butter. <laughs> Old style butter. Yeah. Organic isn't butter. It, isn't the saying a hot knife through butter? Could be. It probably is. Yeah. Probably is, yeah. Damn it. Hey, were we submitted for any award shows? Because maybe we would have got one of those awards too. Huh? Yeah. We we just didn't have the... Probably not. Body of work. Yeah. 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 We clearly need an agent, don't we? That's right. Or is it a a manager? That's you also. Huh? Slash producer. (laughs) Still you. (laughs) It's you. You're the weak link here. You're why we're not totally the weak link. (laughs) I could just sit here and do this every week after week and no interviews. But I'm happy with you guys to to organize these interviews. And there may there may come a time when I go, oh, this we just need to interview person X. I just haven't had that yet. end of another delightful substance filled episode 
that I'm sure you've all been edified and uplifted by. I'm sure your lives are just all the richer for having sat through that. We hope so anyways, kidding aside. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know, let us really seriously know your thoughts or responses about Moby's brilliant idea because it really is actually a brilliant idea and I think we can do something with that. So I look forward to hearing from you on that. Make sure if you haven't got it already that you get a vaccine. I support you in whatever vaccine you choose to get, but get a vaccine as soon as you are able to get one because we want you around and we want the people you love still around. So maybe do that. And take care of yourselves and we hope to talk to you again soon. Boys, say goodnight. Good night. Thanks for listening. See you later. Thanks, you guys. Nice responses there. Okay. I love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love you, man. (laughs) No, really. That's fair. That's all going in, too. All right.